0: Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 14 of In the Growth Space. I'm David McLennan and I'm really grateful that you've joined me once again. You know, our goal here with the podcast is to help you, our listener, to really move forward with your own growth journey in whatever area of life that you're, that you're focusing on. And we do that by sharing conversations with people who've really gone through their own growth journey. Now, Today, our guest is Alex Persgloff, and if her name sounds familiar, um, she was a guest on episode 42 in season one, and since that episode, she's been on a growth journey of epic proportions. I mean, she's 10x'd her business in under two years. I've been such a huge fan of hers, and I've really enjoyed seeing her growth. And if you've registered for the Inner Circle Summit coming up on December the 13th, you'll be able to meet Alex in person because she's facilitating a a session um, for the Inner Circle Summit. She's gonna be walking us through a session on conquering the fears that hold us back in leading well. And she's gonna guide us in uncovering the key fears that limit you in leading well. And, and she's going to also show you how to overturn them so you can accelerate your growth. And I'm telling you, this is going to be such a fantastic session. So if you haven't registered yet, you still have time. And uh, that is if you're listening to this before December 12th, um, you can go to www.davidmcGlenin.com forward slash Inner Circle Summit 2022. DavidmcGlenin.com forward slash Inner Circle Summit 2022, and uh, you can get your seat. You can register there. I'll I'll make sure that that's in the, the show notes as well. You know, we've had some teams uh, register, um, so there's going to be some teams there that are coming to, to, uh, to, to learn and grow together, and such an amazing way to grow is to grow together. We've also had some leaders from the UK and North America uh, join, so it's going to be a great growth opportunity and a great growth environment for, for networking and, and really just being able to set yourself up for the new year. So let me give you just a little bit of info on Alex before we get started in the conversation. Now, by embracing personal growth and shifting her limiting beliefs, Alex Persklov has transformed from a people-pleasing, self-criticizing, and struggling solopreneur into an unapologetic woman running a multi-six-figure coaching business. No matter what business or industry you're in, there's a common theme for every business, and that's the business leader. And if the business leader isn't growing, and if they're not stretching and being creative, the business growth is gonna be stifled too. So once Alex learned how to release shame and, and become more fully expressed, she 10X'd her business in under two years while strengthening her faith, confidence, and personal fulfillment. She's dedicated to helping other women create wild success in life and business by unlocking their creative power and cultivating conviction in their value. Her clients experience significant shifts in how they see themselves as they accelerate their revenue and their results with more enjoyment. Now, Alex has studied with multiple world-class mentors, including David Nagel, one of uh, the architects of, of, of the personal development industry, Jack Canfield, uh, Marla Mattinson, and more. And, and she's done that to up-level every area of her life, her family, and her business. Alex and her husband, Adam, value transformative experiences and travel. And they both practice Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and, and and they they value building a purposeful life together with their amazing little daughter, Stella. Well, hey, Alex, welcome to In the Growth Space. So great to have you back again.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, David. As you know, I always love our conversations.
0: Absolutely. Well, if I remember right, you were on episode 42, so this is actually your, your second visit to In the Growth Space, and it's great to have you back yeah. again.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited for our, what we're going to talk about today.
0: Me too. Me too. Because, you know, as our listeners know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm all about growth and I love talking about growth. I, I, I love hearing stories of growth. And, and yours is one that I followed um, for a while now. And I'm really excited just to have you share a little bit about that growth, you know, with our listeners, because you really have been on a, a personal growth journey. And I would love to be able to just have you share, like, what was the, what was the catalyst for that? And,
1: you know, maybe. I'm happy to, because as you know, I'm also obsessed with personal growth, I would say. Um, And that's why I do what I do. And so um, it's had such an impact on my life when I was willing to really kind of dive all in and say, okay. I know that I want to be creating greater results, you know, um, to give a little bit of context at the time that I decided to really invest in myself in a much deeper way, because I've been studying personal growth for six or seven years now. But I would say three years ago is when I decided to make this much bigger leap and to really go all in for my growth and development. And so at that time, I had been full time as a business owner for a year, running my business for several years, but full time for one. And I felt like I just wasn't really in full alignment with Mm. what my greater purpose was, with the greatest impact that I could be making. And so on one hand, I felt like I had a lot to offer. I knew that I had value to bring to the table, but I also struggled with so much self-doubt and imposter syndrome and not even knowing exactly what I really wanted to be doing or what fired me up the most. I knew I liked coaching, but, you know, getting clear on who I was going to be coaching and how I was going to help them. I was kind of all over the place with that and just testing a lot of things out. I was still doing event planning at the time, which was something I had a skill in, but it wasn't my greatest passion to produce events for others. And so I just finally reached this point where I said, I really want to be creating different results. Like I wanted to experience radically new results. And what I know is that if you want to create radically new results, you have to do things radically differently. And you have to really change how you're showing up. So that's what really motivated me to make this big decision back in the very beginning of 2020, I decided to invest six figures working with a coach. I let go of my event planning business at the same time, which was about 60% of my revenue back then. And so I just made this huge leap and said, like, I'm putting my stake in the ground. I'm putting everything on the line. I'm going to find out what I'm capable of when I remove the safety net and when I go all in. And for me, it was that sort of twofold purpose of wanting to create much greater results in my business and have a bigger impact. And I also wanted to really feel like I was in greater alignment. Mm -hmm. Like I was really living and walking in my purpose. And I knew to do that, that I had to remove a lot of the self-doubt and shame and worry and fear that blocked me.
0: You know, there's so many so many places that my mind wants to go with what you just shared. Mm -hmm. But, you know, let, let me ask this, you know, how did you get into... Well, first of all, how did you discover kind of your purpose? Because I know there's a lot of people who talk about, you know, how do I discover my purpose? And and then and then I guess, you know, how do you get in alignment with that? Um, and then I, I so let's just start there because my mind's going a whole bunch of yeah. places, but I'd love to just kind of hear that.
1: Yeah, sure. I understand. So that's a really great question. I haven't talked about this recently, so I'm really glad you asked it. Um because one of the things that really tripped me up for a long time was fearing that I was getting it wrong when it came to mm-hmm. discovering my purpose. And so for many years before I was full time in business, I had all these different ideas and I'd had a background in the film industry. I'd worked in nonprofit and I would wonder, you know, am I supposed to go do missionary work in Africa, join the Peace Corps. Those ideas came up all the way to, you know, am I supposed to go try to work for a Fortune 500 company and enter the corporate world? You know, am I supposed to start my own nonprofit? Am I supposed to run a business? I mean, all different kinds of ideas and questions. And for many years, I was waiting for some kind of external validation or signs to point me towards my purpose. And what I've come to see now that I've made much greater strides and, and much greater progress and really being in what I call, and I borrowed this from a mentor, but what I call my purpose path, because I no longer believe we all just have like one final top purpose that we either land in it or we don't. I think we have a path and a journey that unfolds over time. Mm -hmm. And so it's not about getting it right or wrong, or like, oh, if I make the wrong decision, I might miss out on my purpose. It's about leaning into a journey and saying, okay, you know, where can I make a great impact? Where am I aligned in um, what I'm passionate about and allowing yourself to let it unfold over time. So one, that was a significant shift I made was even reframing how I viewed my purpose. Yeah. And it helped me let go of that fear of getting it wrong because I stayed I stayed stuck in analysis paralysis instead of taking action yeah. because it was like, well, what if I do this thing and it's the wrong purpose, you know, And it, and I got it wrong. So I just stayed where I was for mm-hmm. a long time. Mm-hmm. So it was allowing myself to lean in and to explore the path and to say, it's okay to try things on and see what fits and what doesn't. It's okay to lean in and it's okay to also let what really fires you up and what you're drawn to lead you. Um, So I would say that was the biggest thing for me in discovering, because I do believe I'm really aligned now in what I'm doing and um, what I do is very aligned with who I am. And so that all unfolded by a willingness to try things out and to allow myself to explore what fired me up the most mm. and also what made me uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. So I, I find um, a really great mixture of nerves and excitement when I'm in alignment with what I'm pursuing.
0: I love that. I was going to ask you too, going back to uh, a couple of different places, my mind went when you shared, you know, just your catalyst for for change. You know, you talked about going all in with, um, a, a coach and it was a significant investment. And And I'm just wondering, like, was, was that needed for you or necessary so that you just had to, it's like pushing all your chips on the table and going, look, I'm betting it all and I'm betting it on me. And that's, you know, it's, it, I'm going to, I'm going to make it or, you uh-huh. know, or whatever. Uh, was that was it do you think that was necessary for you or do you think that there could be another way and i'm 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 more curious than anything
1: yeah so uh, could there be another way i'm sure probably because i don't think there's um a one size fits all when it comes to growth and yeah, and finding your purpose sure. path and that said i will say i believe making this investment was part of my purpose path because Up until that point, I really struggled with people pleasing, approval seeking, um, self-sacrificing. I now will describe myself as having been sort of a quietly resentful altruist. I cared about being in service. So it's not that serving people and making an impact didn't matter to me. It did. But the way I was going about it was very much from this place of prioritizing everybody else's needs and not being honest and not being bold about what I really wanted and what was in alignment with me. And I was letting others dictate Mm -hmm. where I should be or who I should be or how I should go about things. And so that's what created that quiet resentment was feeling very unseen and Mm -hmm. not allowing me and my dreams to be a priority. So when I made that investment in myself, That was this huge shift in claiming that my dreams matter, what I want matter, that Mm. me becoming the person I need to be to create those dreams, that that's valuable, that that's worth an investment like this. So it was just such a, just making the investment itself, let alone all the work I did with my coach, but just making that investment even, you know, was this huge shift in how I was seeing and valuing myself and how I was prioritizing my dreams and my business and what I really wanted and prioritizing my growth and truthfully accepting and loving myself because that's Mm. what a lot of the work I was doing, you know, had at the, um, at the core of it. And so it was saying, Oh wait, this matters. And this matters in a really big way.
0: You know, um, I think that so often we miss the fact that our, our growth is really related to, um how we see ourselves and and mm-hmm. I think you you've mentioned that and I I I I think that it's really important for those of our listeners to um really understand that this is a this is this is a journey and and just because you um see yourself one way now doesn't mean that you can't change that and see yourself as you know the the newer version the better version the improved version and also see your own worth because there's, I think in our society, there's a lot of people who um, see themselves as less than when they're comparing themselves to others. And, And I think when you were sharing that, it just made me think about that. It made me think about, especially when you mentioned imposter syndrome, because oftentimes I think as leaders, I know, I talk to a lot of emerging leaders and senior leaders for that matter. And, the, the, you know, they, they they talk about struggling with imposter syndrome. And I guess, you know, in, in one regard, I guess one of the questions I have for you is what was it that helped you to diminish that feeling um, of either imposter syndrome or just feeling like, you know, you're worth it?
1: Hmm. Such a good potent question. And there's a few different ways I could answer. Sure. So let me think for one moment. Yeah, take your time. What was the greatest right impact on yeah. that? Um, and really where I would start, I would say, is cultivating greater self-trust. And mm. let me explain why. So imposter syndrome for me would show up, you know, in this um fear of, you know, what if. People don't see the value, or what if I, you know, think I'm offering greater value than I am? And when you think about that, that's actually a fear of making mistakes, or a fear of not being good enough. And so that was a really deep um, core wound and pattern that I've had for a very long time, and something I'm still growing in. Like you said, it's a process, it's a journey. So I don't want to claim even that it's all, you know, hundred percent gone. I don't think we ever just arrive at a point where we never have fear or doubt or worry ever again. Um, it's about shifting how we respond to it. And so um, that was a huge part of my process and my journey was, okay, how do you overcome that fear of not being good enough or fear of making mistakes? And so it actually all starts with having a trust in yourself Um, And for me, as a spiritual person, having trust in God and trusting that nothing is unfixable, nothing is unfigureoutable, and everything can ultimately serve my growth and can serve your growth and the growth of everyone around me. So Mm. I'm going to make mistakes. You cannot become a successful business owner, successful leader and not make any mistakes. Okay, If you're going to be in the arena, you're going to make mistakes. You're not going to do everything perfectly. And so when you make peace with that and embrace it and say, okay, so I'm going to use my my mistakes to further my growth Mm. and hopefully to further, you know, as many of my clients as I can and my team and my business and my mission, my impact, I'm going to use those mistakes to learn from them and to grow. And when you do that, you can let go of needing to feel perfect, which was my biggest struggle with imposter syndrome, right? Was, oh, if I make a mistake then, and if I'm not perfect, you know, people are going to find out right? I'm a fraud. It's like, Oh no, I don't have to claim to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And I can own, yeah, I'm going to make mistakes. And I'm also going to learn as much as I possibly can and use everything around me as a growth opportunity so that I can cultivate greater and greater value to Mm -hmm. offer through the work I do as well.
0: That's so, that's so important, Alex. I think that as I, as I listen to you, I think it's so important for our listeners to recognize the fact that, I mean, I think we realize this, but, but just like really realize we make mistakes and Mm -hmm. it's okay. You know, it's okay to make, make mistakes. You know, I, I, I know that that's been, I mean, this perfectionism is something that I've struggled with, uh, you know, a long time because I've always Mm -hmm. wanted to, you know, be better, do better, you know, be perfect. And, that is just not reality, and and so often I think that plays into, you know, or or it the the imposter syndrome plays into that, or that's you know mm-hmm. a part of that. At least it has been for me, anyway. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that's that's mm-hmm. really good. Um, I, I I was curious about something. Was there any was there any like exercise or something that you did? to be able to help you begin to come to that realization that, you know, I'm not perfect or I, I, you know, whatever, what, you know, whatever you, what really helped you to make that switch?
1: Yes. So this for me all started with really exploring my mindset. And how I responded internally before I looked at how I responded externally, because my old pattern for a long time was the mistake would occur. And it was like, oh my gosh, I have to fix it right away. Or especially if it involves someone else, you know, and like responding. I think we've all had those situations where we'll respond to an email that activated us and we're like typing furiously and we hit send. And then as soon as we send it, there's like, that um, moment of like, yeah, oh, wait, wait a minute. Yeah. What did I do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did I do? Um, and so it's that rushing out of fear to try to fix it, to try to make the mistake go away. Right. And you're kind of fighting it. So it's really a mindset shift before you shift the action or what you're doing, you know, to learn from or correct the mistake. And so I had to first embrace how to handle my thoughts that, and this was a big pattern for me, my thoughts that would beat myself up or use mistakes to make me doubt, to make me question, um, or to slow me down, to make me think, you know, I couldn't achieve what I wanted, or maybe I wasn't as good as I thought, or, you know, I didn't have a right to be doing this or whatever those thoughts would say. Um, I, I had a really mean inner critic. And so I had to, um, learn how to not fight my inner critic and to not beat up my inner critic for beating me up because that's really just this continuous cycle, right? Of beating myself up. Yeah. So, so for me, it was an exploration of how do I welcome all of me to be present here, including Mm. the inner critic? How do I allow it to be heard and allow those thoughts without trying to battle them or get rid of them while also not believing them and participating in them, not going down that doubt spiral? So it was a real process of learning how to become an observer of my thoughts and accept them, mm-hmm. and then looking at, okay, what's actually the truth here? Yeah. And by allowing that observation instead of participation, it could pull me out of the negative spiral so I wasn't taking action in fear, and then I could take action from a much higher place because I'm looking at it really consciously mm. and saying, okay, you know, what do I need to learn and grow from in this? And then what do I need to do differently to either correct the mistake or make it right with someone else? or to implement, you know, new strategies in our business, whatever the mistake might relate to, mm-hmm. um, and so it was really learning how to to shift into a much more powerful and success oriented mindset mm. over the self doubt spiral.
0: Self doubt, yeah, self defeating, yeah. That's that's so good. One of the things that you're talking about as you like observed your thought, did you do, did you do or learn any like meditation, like do, you know, do any meditation Mm -hmm. techniques? Cause I know I've, I've been doing some meditation and in that practice, it has helped me to slow down my thoughts and be, you you talked about being an observer of your thoughts. Mm -hmm. And I know for me anyway, that's been really helpful to help me to like, if somebody says something that triggers me, that I can I can really observe those thoughts better now. Uh, I mean, it's a, I'm still a work in prog- progress, but but sure, it's, it's one of those things that it, it just kind of helps me to look at them better and, and almost from a distance. And I'm just kind of curious if you had worked with any meditation or meditation app or any, any practices like that.
1: Yeah, that's a really interesting question because I, I do meditation and I yeah. use uh, Simple Habit as the app I use. And then yeah. I also... You know, we'll just meditate um, without yeah. any noise as well sometimes. And I do believe that meditation in general helps us with slowing down, helps us with becoming more observant and aware of uh-huh. our thoughts. I wouldn't say it was part of my process when the fear would arise. Uh-huh. I wouldn't stop and go into meditation. What uh-huh. I actually do and I've learned from mentors is um, to really shift my physical state uh-huh. along with you know, the thoughts. So if I'm highly activated by something, um, you know, I've got a really strong like emotional response happening and I can feel the fear or the worry or the tension in my body, you know, when I'm, uh, when I'm activated, then I know, oh, wait, I need to step away for a moment and I need to not try to force, you know, the, okay, what's the learning? What's the growth? You know, that's kind of battling the thoughts, right. And saying like, oh, wait, I don't want to be in negativity. I don't want to have fear. So instead um, it wasn't necessarily meditation but I would stop and go take a walk or go have a dance party is something I like to do, yeah, especially yeah. with my little one-year-old daughter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So walk away and and dance it out or shake it out. Or if I'm really activated, you know, it's okay. I need to get to jujitsu tonight so yeah. I can, you know, just get Beat this somebody energy up. out. Yeah. Beat um, and so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly to really express right. um, <laughs> the tension. And, uh, and so with that, it, um, it helped me with stepping into the observer because I first had to kind of release the like physical tension. Yeah. Um, so actually as you know, I say this, I think a couple times I probably did use meditation when I knew I needed, you know, or just sitting in quiet yeah. when I knew I needed some space to then be able to process my thoughts. Yeah. Um, and for me, I think because I'm an over-analyzer so much, like I can really get in my head, I needed to do something different physically before I could sit down. Like I couldn't often get into that calm meditative state when I'm activated because then I'd just end up thinking the whole time. And it's different for different people, though. As yeah. I share that, sure,
0: right? so, yeah, sure. I I, yeah. I I wanted to go back to something that you said um, early on because I'm I'm curious about how it felt when you um you invested in a coach it was a significant amount and i think you even shared that it was outside of your comfort zone and and i'm kind of curious i'm always curious how people like describe being outside of their comfort zone because i think for our listeners it's really important for them to understand maybe a little bit more about what that feels like and and i i know that it's different for everybody but mm-hmm. i think that just that feeling of uh, how it feels is something that people need to recognize because if we're gonna grow personally and professionally, we're gonna get outside of our comfort zone. And I'm I'm, I'm always kind of curious about that. So I I don't know if if you remember how that felt when mm-hmm. you pushed all the chips in the middle of the table and said, "I'm betting on me."
1: <laughs> oh, I remember it very well. And I mean, I've definitely pushed myself outside my comfort zone multiple times over and over again over the last few years too so um the funny thing is back then when I made this first investment it was probably the biggest reaction right yeah. now I'm getting more and more comfortable being pushed yeah. out of my comfort zone so the reactions you know get smaller yeah. over time um and that said I still have a similar reaction it's just not not as heightened so for me I mean when I made this decision to work with my coach, I remember feeling a lot of excitement in terms of I was I was hopeful, I felt drawn to it. And the fact that I was going to make this big decision that felt on one hand like this crazy, completely illogical decision, and then on the other hand, sounded like it made so much sense and was exactly what I needed to do. And so um, I was excited first. I was drawn to it first. I was passionate first and kind of lit up inside. And then my self doubt spiral came up. So that's what um, I've come to see is me getting outside of my comfort zone and doing something that that's in alignment with me that I'm drawn to. It's like, I'm pulled to it. I feel this excitement in my mm-hmm. gut yeah. and this, um, I don't even know how to describe it. Like almost fiery sensation in my chest yeah. and my heart. Like, yeah, I'm fired up this. about yeah, this.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and I, I feel a lot through my stomach. So it's that like pooling excited energy in my gut and in my chest. And then when the self-doubt spiral comes up, it's feeling like the knot mm-hmm. in my stomach and the sickness and the, like, what am I doing? <laughs> um, so for me, it's been a combination of that excitement and then second guessing. And that's where I start to get signaled, Oh, I'm getting outside my comfort zone. That's why I'm second guessing because that's my pattern is to doubt myself. Um, so now I know how to move myself through that in an easier way than I did a few years ago. Um, but I think it's, there's always a physical sensation that's actually attached to getting outside of your comfort zone as well. So it's, Exploring, you know, what your thought pattern is or how you tend to respond and then how you respond physically, too.
0: Yeah, I love that. I, yeah. It's, Would you
1: describe it's, it similarly? Yeah. For you, yeah.
0: David? I, I, I get a, I get an excitement like in my chest, you know, that it just like there's an excitement. It's almost like my heartbeat starts to, you know, go go a little bit faster. And it's almost like too. It, it's an expansion. It feels like something's expanding within me. And I, I do. I get excited. I get this excitement feeling and it's interesting you talked about being drawn because I think there's a part of that too, for me, that how it feels like I'm being drawn to something. Mm-hmm. And, and then, um, you know, my inner critic, the, I, I I've named him, his name is Sarge because <laughs> he's always I trying to that. tell me what to do, you know, and give me orders. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so Sarge will kind of, you know, come to, the, you know, come to the surface. And that's when I have to recognize that, Look, kind of what you said is, it, it, you know, th- this is in alignment with with what my purpose is, and I feel like I'm drawn to this. And so, you know, Sarge, thanks for wanting to protect me. I know that that's your job, but I got this. Go ahead and you know take it. I'll take it from here. It's it's okay. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't really try to yell at him or try to get him. You know, tell him to you know leave, because right. that's not what is is happening there. He's just trying to protect me, and and it's that inner critic is trying to to protect us from that feeling of being, you know, out there and maybe being, Mm -hmm. um, you know, doing something wrong or, or, or having a failure. And, but like to your point earlier, we're going to make mistakes. And so even if I'm, if I'm drawn to something and I make a mistake that it's okay, I can learn from that as well. But anyway, kind of going Mm -hmm. back to it's yeah, it's more in my chest. I feel, I feel that that aliveness and it's almost like this excitement that's that's pulling me towards something.
1: I relate to that. And as you were sharing, this thought came up for me. I'd love to mention as well, because I think it's actually um really relevant to everything we're talking about, that making that shift, as you mentioned, you know, yours is the Sarge yeah. <laughs> that comes out, and and um it's important not to fight with him not to beat up the inner critic right like we talked about because yeah then you just get sucked into the cycle of like beating yourself up and recognizing oh yeah it wants to protect you it wants to keep you out of harm's way it wants to keep you safe and approved of and comfortable and so for me what also really helps make that shift out of beating it up or into observing the thoughts is really accessing your curiosity Mm -hmm. And instead exploring, you know, the activation you have coming up or even what you're feeling drawn to and then the fear around it, when you add curiosity to it Mm -hmm. or look at it through the lens of curiosity, it diffuses all the tension and Mm -hmm. the fear because now you can say like, okay, wait, why am I feeling so, you know, drawn to this? What what could be in this for me? Like, Mm -hmm. what are the best possible results I could get, you know, Mm -hmm. from leaning into this? And then, okay, so I'm having some fear around it all right, like, why is my Sarge coming up right now, right? Or why is my inner critic coming up? Oh, okay, wants to keep me safe and comfortable. And as you sort of described it, it's it's a soothing process. Like, it's okay, I've got this. And I understand, you know, why you're uncomfortable. That's all based in, or when you can base that all in curiosity, it helps you um, really move into approaching it with a lot more creativity instead of that, like, right or wrong making that's got that really tense, like, fear-based energy to it.
0: Yeah. I, I, I love that. And you're so right. And you just used a word that just triggered a whole host of other things. And I, I, I'd love to be able to kind of take down another path. Yeah. That word was creativity, because I think that so many leaders today and leaders who are listening today, um, or, or listening to us talk are going to, are going to understand that as adults, we, I think we've been programmed to not use that creativity. And I think we need to begin to foster that creativity a whole lot more. Um, so you and I had a, a, a talk on Instagram Live uh, not long ago uh, when we were recording this and, and um, we talked about creativity and I, I'm just kind of curious, um, you know, what, what has creativity done for you in, you know, your business life, your, maybe your leadership, um, or, or just in general?
1: Creativity has been the key component to, I mean, creating everything that I, that I'm currently experiencing, right. In life and business. So, um, that's such a great topic and question. I mean, I, I, loved having this conversation with you on Instagram because, I think it's such a potent exploration is, you know, how do you create what you want? What does it look like to access your creativity in business? And I think sometimes we think of creativity only in the sense of artistic expression or, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, I forgot actually for a long time that I was a really creative child, that I did have great creativity. My creativity really showed up in my imagination. I had an incredible imagination as a child and I was always coming up with stories and um, books I wanted to write. And I was always thinking about like movie scenes. I was really fascinated by the film industry as a kid. Mm -hmm. And so like how, you know, these stories could be put into movie scenes and how I could tell stories that inspired people. And so I was always imagining and daydreaming about things like that. And then as I got older, I started stifling that expression because, you know, you get into your middle school years and telling my friends that I was writing movie scenes at home and, or writing books, you know, that wasn't the cool thing to do, you know, as a 12 year old girl. And yeah. And so my peers didn't really, you know, nurture that or support it. And so I started getting more and more quiet about my imagination and Mm -hmm. how I would daydream and, or what I daydreamed about. I kept it more and more to myself. And, Mm In doing that, I was sending the message to myself that this is wrong. Maybe your imagination is too much to handle. You know, maybe Mm -hmm. this isn't normal or it's just not accepted. And so that really built up over time. And I can look back now and see how when I was growing my business, I wasn't accessing the power of my imagination and my creativity because I had made it wrong for Mm -hmm. so many years in my life. And so when you ask, you know, what has creativity done for me, that's really been One of the key explorations for me is how do I unlock that creative power again? And it all started with actually looking at removing my self-judgment and those self-doubt patterns and coming back to trusting myself and trusting in my imagination and shifting my perspective and seeing that, oh, wait, having a great imagination as a business owner is an incredible tool and you don't have to be a great artist to have creativity which is how i started to define creativity as an adult Um, because you're right and you and i talked about this i think as adults we're not encouraged to use our imaginations we're not encouraged um to really utilize curiosity and i think what stifles curiosity is putting things in this like black and white box right or wrong um, mm-hmm. and that fear of being wrong or the fear of making mistakes or the fear of what other people think of you it really impedes you um, nurturing your curiosity and your creativity and your creative power is really tied into leaning into your full expression and you can't fully express yourself if you're fearing what other people think or or doubting yourself so it's it's mm-hmm. all tied together and so um so really learning how to access my creative power I mean unlocked the doors to the incredible growth i've had in business in the last two years and in really deepening my relationships as well i love
0: that we'll talk about the growth in your business in just a minute but um because I, I i want you to share that because i think it's phenomenal but uh the, the the other thing that i think that brings up that you bring up with creativity i believe that for those business owners and and business leaders who are listening to this i think when you can access your creativity, you open up the ability to overcome so many different challenges. Cause I think
1: mm-hmm. as
0: leaders, we've thought we, we've been taught this binary thinking it's either this or that it's, you know, this way or right. that way it can be done. It can't be done. And I think that I just want to encourage our listeners to find ways that you can explore your creativity and explore the, and thinking leading with, and it's yes. And what else could we do? And, and thinking about exploration of, um, that, that addition and that, that anding things as opposed to, but things, (laughs) because I think whenever we say yes, but we're, we're, we're negating whatever we've said before. Mm -hmm. And so when we and things and when we lead with, and it, it, opens up and unlocks possibilities for us. And I think to me, I've seen this in the clients that I work with. I'm sure that you've seen it with clients that you work with, is that when we unlock their creativity and our own creativity, we explore solutions to problems that we never could have come up with if we hadn't Mm -hmm. thought about this or and that. And to be able to think into what else could we do? Um, I, am yeah. So anyway, I, I just, I, I thought as, as you were sharing about creativity, I just think yeah. that that's really important for all of our our listeners to really lean into is to, to, to lean into that creativity and, and finding ways that you can imagine. And, um, mm-hmm. I, uh, like you as a kid, I, I, I always would create scenes in my mind. Um, I mean, as a young musician, I, I actually, um uh you know created some songs and and you know created some music and that creativity got lost then I think the older I got because then I I I thought that well you know that's that's not you know useful or what have you and mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Y- you you stifle yourself or at least I didn't
1: I'm on the edge of my seat right now David as we're talking because <laughs> as you were sharing I was thinking just yes yes a hundred percent um I laugh with my clients about the and, and, you know, they'll yeah. talk to me and um they'll stress the word, you know, they'll be saying something and, you know, I wasn't sure if I should do this. And I, <laughs> you know, ended up trying it. Yes. <laughs> so they, I'm a big believer in replacing, but with and. Absolutely. And um, so I love that you shared that. And also I think encouraging, you know, the leaders here listening, people who want to access more of that creativity mm. that encouraging yourself, like you were saying, to explore what are the outside of the box ideas here, or if we didn't have a right or wrong, if we didn't have a one-size-fits-all answer, if if we weren't worried about getting it wrong or making mistakes, what are all the ideas we could explore here, you know, and and what do we want to create that's exciting if we allowed ourselves to lean into it? You know, it's Mm -hmm. like allowing yourself to brainstorm without editing as you go. But allowing yourself to just be super curious and to say it's really okay to get creative, to explore what are we all about? What do we want to create? How do we overcome these challenges? You know, what solutions could be in store if we took more risks or if we leaned into doing things a different way? Mm -hmm. And so I just think allowing that curiosity opens the doors to the creative solutions and the creative ideas and, and creating more of what you want.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think I I think that the leaders who are listening and and the leaders who are are able to tap into that creativity more are going to be the ones who overcome the the challenges that are facing us as an economy, as a nation, um, as as businesses. I mean, let's face it we're we're facing headwinds, you know, economically and we we continue to see challenges in business and i think that those leaders who can tap into what if the, all the what ifs and mm-hmm. and release what if we didn't have constraints what if we didn't have budget constraints what would we do what if you know we didn't have these constraints what would we do those leaders who can really tap into that are going to be the ones who take their company to, from zero to hero i mean they're they're the ones that are going to really I believe explode with a quantum leap, which uh-huh. incidentally makes me kind of come to back to your business because I know <laughs> you've talked in you know public forums about taking a quantum leap in your business, and I'd love for you to just to be able to share with our listeners about that. Well, first of all, how do you define mm-hmm. define a quantum leap, and then you know what, what define or to talk about yours.
1: Yeah. I, I love how you brought that full circle. So I define quantum leap based on Price Pritchett's definition from the book U2. Um, uh, it's a really great book, really short, quick read. Highly recommend it for anyone listening. So is that? But like, he says, says that...
0: Y-O-U-T-O-O? Yes.
1: Yes. Okay. Y-O-U. U squared. U2. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And okay. it's all about quantum leaping. Um, fantastic book. And so his definition... As we speak. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Um, So in the book, he says that quantum leaping is making an explosive jump forward that's far beyond the next logical step. And one of the biggest things he stresses in the book, and Napoleon Hill talks about this as well, is that it's not just about trying harder. And if hard work were the only ingredient for success, then everyone who works hard would be successful and everyone who's successful would work hard. And that's not actually the case. So making this quantum leap What I teach now in, you know, my classes or workshops or with clients is that you make the quantum leap, not by just doing the same things, trying harder, trying to earn it more or doing, 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 it comes from shifting how you're seeing yourself and how you're showing up. So you shift how you see yourself on the inside and then that produces different external results around you. Mm. And that's what it takes if you want to make a leap forward forward. Versus the like trying harder, grinding it out, slow build up over time path. Um, so that was my experience in how I've grown my business over the last few years. And it did start with doing things radically differently and radically shifting how I saw myself.
0: Mm. I' I'm, so I'm curious. so when you think of like when you describe, seeing yourself differently or or describe I, I, how do you how did you see yourself differently what would like how, what was that shift like i'm just yeah kind okay, of curious about that
1: yeah i'll give you a specific example okay. um because and I, i've been sharing about this a lot lately on my platforms yeah. um because i've had a lot of women resonating with it and so um or a lot of leaders re- resonating with it so Something I really struggled with when I first made this investment working with my coach was feeling really convicted in the value that I had to offer. And so this showed up quite frequently in my sales conversations where I would show up more timidly. You know, I was worried about being seen as too pushy or concerned, you know, would they understand the value? So I'd show up with more of this energy of just hoping they'd give me a chance to prove the value to them because I did know I had value to offer. I believed in what I did but I didn't really know how to communicate it or how to own it Mm -hmm. in how I showed up and in my energy and in my conversations. So I actually first started looking at where I was undervaluing myself or um, where I wasn't showing up boldly in my personal life, because how you show up to do anything is how you show up to do everything. Mm -hmm. And so I actually started looking at some of the most vulnerable places, like Mm -hmm. the places that were the most potent, where I was doing the most Um, hiding or wrongmaking or undervaluing of myself. And um, I uncovered certain places and in my personal life where that was happening and where I wasn't asking for what I wanted. And I'd mentioned at the beginning, you know, I I was a big self-sacrificer and um, a big people pleaser. And so I found those places in my personal life and in really meaningful relationships where I was people pleasing Mm -hmm. and not being honest about what I wanted, not being honest about Um, you know, where I, or let me say this way, where I wasn't valuing myself and my desires or my capabilities. And so when I started making shifts in my personal life, that's when I started shifting so much more in how I saw myself as in business, because, okay, if I'm the woman who's willing to show up in her personal relationships, and be honest about what she wants, and to set boundaries, or to um, prioritize, you know, herself and her needs, then I can show up that way in business as well. And so, yes, there was some work to do around being really clear in, you know, the value that I offer clients. And there's always a little bit, right, of sure. that strategy piece oh, yeah. and the, okay, yeah, how do I shift in how I'm approaching sales conversations from a process standpoint? And the biggest shift was around how I saw myself in being a woman who's unapologetic about who she is and the value she has to offer and what she wants. And so that was one of those radical shifts in seeing myself as this quietly resentful, altruist and self-sacrificer into seeing myself as a woman who's unapologetic and convicted.
0: Gosh, I, Gosh I, that's so powerful, that's so Alex. Hard. I think that that is so amazing. And and I, and I'll just say to our listeners because I, I I've known you for a number of years now, and I can mm-hmm. I can literally see the change. You're, you know, just how you come across and how you um, are confident. Your confidence and and um, it, it's just amazing the transformation that 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 I've Thank seen. You, David. A short time we've we've known mm-hmm. each other, but. Uh, yeah, it's really, really cool, and I, I just, I love that, and and I think for our listeners, to create that transformation, we have to do that inner work, and it's, it's really all about thinking into those things like that we've been talking about, our inner critic, and and how we see ourselves, and who we are being, and not what we're doing, and. There's so many other things I know that we could go go through today, but I know I'm watching the clock, and I know we've got some other commitments that we need to make. But sure, really it goes powerful. so
1: fast, David. It, it does. <laughs>
0: it does. I know. And I just I just know that for people who want to experience growth, that this is the work that they need to do, and mm-hmm. I also think that they can experience that quantum leap too. There, you know, there is just a, mm-hmm. uh, a mountain of evidence that doing this work really does have amazing benefits from both personal and professional, um, settings. And so I, I want to just encourage our listeners to, to find a coach and to be, you know, be investing in yourself. And Alex, you know, for those of our listeners who want to, um, get in touch with you, um, I know I know that you focus on on women leaders. I would love for any women leaders who are listening to um get in touch with you. Where do they where do they get in touch with you and and how, you know, how do they connect?
1: I really appreciate you saying all of that David and I want to reflect the same back to you because we have known each other for a few years and it's been awesome to see that in you as well. And I know you've been investing in yourself and getting out of your comfort zone and doing all the growth work and so it's really encouraging, you know, to see um friends and peers doing the same kind of work that, and seeing the ripple effect of that, right? So I just so appreciate that you're so open about your journey and encouraging other leaders and theirs too. Um, So to answer your question about connecting, and I do, I love connecting uh, with women leaders and and entrepreneurs, business owners, or executives. And I love having open conversations about growth and quantum leaping and art of creating and all that good stuff. So you can connect with me on Instagram, AlexPurseGlove is my handle. I love connecting there. I put out free content on Instagram on all these topics as well. Or you can email me directly. Uh, We're in the middle of a website rebuild. So my email is just about to go live, Alex at AlexPurseGlove.com. So you can connect with me there as well.
0: Awesome. And we'll make sure that we put all of that in the show notes as well. Alex, um, thank you for being here. Let me just ask you one final question. Is there anything that you want to share with the audience that maybe you didn't or that you think would just kind of put a a bow on on our conversation today?
1: Oh, yeah. So as you said that, what first came up for me, I'll trust my gut here, was that I believe so much in what you were sharing, David, about leaders who are willing to lean into curiosity and creativity are the ones who are going to you know, make the greatest impact. And especially during a time of so much craziness these last few years and in our country and society. And so I really believe that we need leaders who know how to move themselves through fear
0: mm-hmm. and know how
1: to operate without those fear-based thoughts dominating, but really operating from their highest selves and from that place of full creativity mm-hmm. and imagination. And so obviously the leaders listening to this podcast right, are leaning into their growth. They're yeah. open to receiving, right? Because you're here, you're listening, you're investing in yourself just through listening to this podcast. So I'd encourage everyone listening to keep leaning into that and to allow yourself to really prioritize and value your growth and your vision, because it's going to have a great ripple effect and impact made on others. I love
0: it. I couldn't have said it better myself, Alex. Thank you so much. Thanks for all that you're doing. Um, Absolutely. I, I really, I, I value our conversations and thanks for allowing us to record this so that a wider audience could um, really lean into to their growth hear your growth journey, and really just um, hear our conversation about creativity, quantum leaping, and really just getting outside of our comfort zone as well. So thank you so much.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much for having me, David. It's
0: My pleasure. Well, that was such a great conversation
1: and at the end
0: of each episode, I really like to just recap some of the takeaways that I got from the conversation and hopefully it helps you to maybe even think into these points a little bit differently as well. One of the things that Alex said that I think is really important to note is that if you want different results, you've got to do things differently. And and just thinking about and asking yourself questions like you know what could give you greater results, what could give you different results, and 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 allow you to take that quantum leap forward, I think those are important questions. And it's a, it's it's really important for growth to be able to look at how we're doing things, and if we're if we're not changing the way we're doing things, we're not going to change our results. But by doing things differently, that raises and brings up uh, imposter syndrome, things like and that internal critic who is you know, telling you things that are not true, and recognizing that we're gonna make mistakes, and that if we're gonna go into the arena, as Alex said, we're gonna make mistakes, and and so how we respond internally. Is going to make all of the difference in overcoming imposter syndrome, and one of the, the the key tools that she brought up, I think, is really great, is and that is shifting your physical state. And she goes and takes a walk or takes a dance party, uh, but just doing something to release the physical tension so that you can kind of get a a greater perspective. I know for me, uh, generally it's going uh, and and getting some kind of a workout in and getting uh, physically active. And that really helps me an awful lot. I also liked how she talked about getting outside of your comfort zone and how it feels, because so oftentimes we don't recognize how it feels. And uh, I know I did an episode early on in the podcast, probably a year and a half ago uh, about this, but she described it as, you know, sometimes excitement, sometimes there's hope, there's hopefulness, um, but, but also just physical sensations of, you know, knots in the stomach, um, just uh, a fire in the gut. Uh, but when that happens, we have to access our curiosity and that helps to diffuse the comfort, uh, the, the discomfort, I should say, and 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 the other thing that um, that really led to, I think, is this whole idea of fostering creativity as a leader, uh, because when we foster our creativity, and when we use our imagination, the things that we used to use as children to be able to overcome. Uh, our challenges and and our our self-doubt and our judgment and when we when we remove that self-doubt and, and and judgment that can help us overcome enormous challenges and and we talked about yes anding uh to overcome our challenges in other words instead of saying yes but we 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 say yes and 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 think about what What else could we do? What else could we bring to the equation? And we have to ask ourselves, if we weren't afraid of being wrong, what would some solutions be that might be available to us? And I think that at the end of the day, one of the things that this conversation brings to me anyway is that investing in yourself takes and and, and requires us to see ourselves and, and our growth, our own personal growth, as worth the investment. And, and one of the things that I heard from Alex is that she's been very purposeful at investing not only money, but time and thought and a variety of exercises in herself and her in her own growth. And I, I think that if we want to grow, we have to do both of those things as well. And I guess just kind of brings me back to the thing that um, that you've heard before is and then that saying, and I, I said it earlier, if you want something that you've never had before, you've got to do something that you've never done. And if you want average and, and if you want to be just stuck where you are, that's such an easy path. But taking a quantum leap forward and, and taking a, a leap forward and where your potential can take you and, and give you greater joy and greater fulfillment and, and greater wealth and, and, and greater impact, that requires that you invest in you. And it's it's really easy to say that we want you know the next best version of ourselves. and that sounds great. But what that requires is to change. And that can be hard. Uh, and it's it's especially hard. If you don't have an inner circle who has high standards and, and sees your greater potential. So I guess that just leads me one last time here before we close out uh, this segment to, to, to just to remind you. And if, if you haven't yet registered for the inner circle summit um, so that you can be around some other business owners and business leaders who are really all on a journey to take quantum leaps forward themselves I would love to meet you and, and see you there at the summit. So go register davidmclenn.com forward slash inner circle summit two zero two two. And I know that Alex would love to see you as well and, and, and meet you in person. I know she's gonna do a session on on moving past your fears. And I know that if you've struggled with that, you're gonna get so much from it. So be sure to subscribe if you haven't already and take a quick moment to to scroll to where you can give us a rating and review. That would mean the world to us. You know, the world needs to hear more growth stories so that more people can unlock the greatness within them. Thanks for listening, my friends. Until next time, stay in that growth space and be well.